Welcome back to episode 16 of the FPL Draft Hub podcast. In this episode, it's time to talk about Spurs. Welcome back, Draft Fantasy Football Managers, to the FBL Draft Hub podcast. My name's Mitch and I'm your host. Coming at you with the third podcast in this international break, last international break of 2019. Back at the weekend and then we've got the busy winter run up through Christmas and into New Year. This podcast, as the title suggests, is going to be all about Spurs. Obviously, big, big events and movements in the last 24 hours. This wasn't a podcast that was um, on the agenda to be done this week. I had been thinking for a while about uh, doing a podcast focusing on my club Spurs uh, from a fantasy football point of view, obviously struggling lately. Knew that Pochettino's job wasn't as safe as it has been in recent seasons, given the poor run of results this calendar year, really. But obviously a big shock on Tuesday night to hear the news from the club that Mauricio Pochettino has been sacked as the manager. Lots of people questioning the timing of it at the time, coming so late in an international break, whereas usually these kind of moves happen early on in the break so that you've got a bit of time to bed a new manager in and get him to see what's what. But given the timing of it, I was fairly certain that that meant a replacement had already been done. And so obviously that uh, that news came through early this morning, recording this on Wednesday the 20th with the news very early on in the day that Jose Mourinho would be the new Tottenham manager. Not something I ever thought I would hear, and it still sounds very strange rolling off the tongue. Final thoughts on this, still not really solidified. Lots of mixed feelings, which I will discuss uh, on this podcast. I'm probably going to use this as a, as a form of counselling to get some of these things off my chest. I started scribbling down some notes late last night when the news came through that Pochettino had been sacked and had a decent little segment um, scribbled out on who the potential replacements would be with Jose Mourinho, the bookie's favourite. So I was going to do a slightly longer piece on what his move could mean um, taking over. But uh, I guess we can skip all of that stuff now. Um, So the way I'm going to structure this episode. As I said, this is fairly last minute, bit of an emergency pod. Um, I'm going to do a little bit of a look back on Pochettino's time, some of my thoughts uh, and feelings on the five and a half years that he's been in charge at Tottenham. Uh, I'm then going to have a look at some of the sort of pros and cons around, uh, around his time. Um, what he brought what uh, and what maybe he didn't, what went wrong at the end, and then try and round off by looking at what this all means from um, a fantasy football point of view. Try and guess what uh, this likely starting eleven is going to look like under Mourinho and find out who the winners and losers are there. So let's get into it. So yeah, five and a half years in charge for Pochettino uh, and have to say what a great five and a half years it's been. Our league finishes in that time have been fifth, third, second, third and fourth. Got to a League Cup final in this first season and then we had a real couple of great, great league campaigns pushing Leicester hard in their title winning season in 15-16. 
and then pushing Chelsea in the 16-17 season. And then the notable point, uh, the high point really for his reign came at the end of last season with the epic Champions League run, which will live long in the memory, culminating in a Champions League final, which never thought I would, uh, never thought I'd get to see Spurs play in a Champions League final. Um, and despite the the result in the end, still a massive highlight um, in my memory as a Spurs fan, and definitely the highlight of Pochettino's reign. Obviously, this season the results haven't been. Uh, haven't been so good. Three wins, five draws and four losses leaving us in 14 points and, and down in the bottom half of the table. And this is on the back of some poor poor results at the end of last year with a real dismal away record and also throwing in some home defeats to the likes of Wolves, Man United and West Ham uh, in the beginning of 2019. But we do have to mention that Champions League run that he took us on um, you know, it didn't really look like we'd get out of the group initially. And then um, a real tough knockout run, starting off with Dortmund, which turned out to be comfortable. Then playing two legs against Man City, which very few people gave us any chance uh, of getting through that. Um, that memorable second leg away at City, which, you know, from a neutral point of view, absolute fantastic game goals everywhere and then ending in that that huge turning point at the end when Sterling looked like he put City through only for VAR to rule it out so yeah real emotional roller coaster there and then the semi-final against Ajax Kane was out injured still at this point um, lost 1-0 in the first leg at home thoroughly outplayed deservedly went 2-0 down in the second leg so needing three goals to go through, only for Lucas Moura to come on and score an epic second-half hat-trick with just absolute scenes at the end. Pochettino in tears and, you know, I guess the love that the fans had for the team and for him at that point was at an all-time high. Um, And aside from leading up to the Champions League final, pretty much was where that love started to go cold. So looking back at his time overall, I think it's easy to say he's the best manager that I've known in my lifetime. I think for a lot of fans, he really restored um, a lot of pride in the club, took us away from being a kind of nearly team, finishing sort of fifth, sixth, occasionally Um, getting some good results and some good cup runs and made us into a Champions League regular. Gave us a new identity of not being a flaky pushover team who could, as I said, could get the odd good result but would ultimately crumble when the push came to shove. Loads and loads of young players coming through um, from the academy. Some great signings and really some just great player development from him. Some players who he was able to turn into absolute world beaters. Kieran Trippier's time there was greatly moulded by by Pochettino. Deli Ali, I don't think, would be the player he is today without him. And the rest of the solid core of that team that just stayed and gelled because of his presence. Just, I think, an all-round great guy. Obviously, the Champions League final and the memories that came from that and the regular Champions League football that we've seen oversaw a really difficult time as the stadium was being 
built, having to oversee a time where for more than a season all of our home games were being played at Wembley and just from a financial point of view helping us to punch well above our weight and not only punching above our weight but then continuing on with an expectation that we should carry that on year in year out Uh, and ultimately that's what's uh, led to him getting the sack. In terms of uh, negatives the obvious one is lack of trophies say a couple of cup finals that I've mentioned, the the League Cup final in his first season and that Champions League final, which I don't think we deserve to win. Liverpool were definitely the better team and that Champions League run really papered over the cracks uh, for that season. Ultimately, we've now seen further poor results. Uh, I guess the 7-2 defeat to Bayern was was a bitter one and some of the league results have obviously not been good enough. And as a result, or maybe as a result of the disharmony um, that started to spread through the ranks, particularly um, with the likes of uh, Christian Eriksen and Alderweireld and Vertonghen at the back, who are all running down contracts which will end at the end of this season, seeing them walk away on free transfers. There are also some poor decisions being made, uh, especially this season. And I think when the results aren't going your way, uh, your decisions are under the microscope a lot more. Starting 11s and substitute decisions, some particularly questionable. And when the team's not happy and results are starting to fall away, you know, that's when managers are really, really judged and live and die on the decisions that they make during games, which I think uh, when we come on to his replacement, uh, is definitely one of his strong points. So yeah, I think ultimately the players have, have got Pochettino the sack, but I also think there was some love lost there from him as well. I don't think he's been approaching this season with the same enthusiasm and and heart that he has done for the, for the previous ones, whether that's because of not being backed in the transfer market, I don't know. But we are now in a post-Pochettino world, and this is... Jose Mourinho's team now, which, as I said at the beginning, still sounds very strange to say, has had great, great success on paper at pretty much every club he's been to, obviously winning the Champions League with Porto, then that excellent um, initial run with, with Chelsea, you know, winning trophies with big European giants like Madrid and Inter, back to Chelsea again, won the league, then to Manchester United managing to get them into second place with what was a real terrible squad on paper and also managed to win probably one of the most difficult trophies to win in Europe, which was the Europa League, which uh, gave Manchester United Champions League football the following year. So as he's often branded, just a, a serial winner. My initial thoughts on the signing were positive and I think I'd mentioned maybe slightly tongue-in-cheek in our group chat in recent weeks that I was starting to think about uh, life after Pochettino and whether somebody like Mourinho would be good for Spurs who need to make the next step in terms of actually winning a trophy and even winning a league title, which would definitely be out of reach this season. But if anyone's going to do it with this squad, um, somebody like Jose would be the man you'd want been lots of talk already today about whether or not 
his style will how well that will complement uh, Daniel Levy's uh, chairmanship style, which is not huge spending, and the decision making seems to come in terms of player recruitment from a level above that of the manager. Whether Mourinho has been assured that he'll have more of a say in who comes and goes, um, I would imagine there has been that conversation already. And I would also imagine that some money has been made available for this next transfer window and beyond. He'll also be looking to get rid of some players who don't quite fit in with his system, which brings us on to the three, as as I mentioned earlier, the three kind of contract troublemakers in Alderweireld, Vertonghen and Eriksson. Alderweireld is uh, 30 at the moment, Vertonghen is 32 and Eriksson is 27. So starting with the, the centre-back pairing, I think I said on the last podcast that if if I were a new manager having to come in to the club and needing to make some simple changes to turn the results around, that the simplest thing you could do would be to just turn to a ready-made international centre-back pairing in Vertonghen and Alderweireld. Now, Alderweireld has seen plenty of uh, minutes this season. He's played every match bar the last one against Sheffield United. Jan Vertonghen not so much. He's only played about five games worth of minutes so far. Davinson Sanchez has come in whenever Jan Vertonghen's been out. And we've also seen Eric Dyer with a couple of 90 minutes um, with performances that have been truly dire. So for me, if they're both fit at the weekend, I believe that Mourinho would would have them both in his starting eleven. And I say starting eleven rather than centre-back pairing because I believe that we could see some positional tweaking, which may only become evident once the full squad are fit. But Mourinho certainly likes defenders who can defend. And if that means needing to move one of the centre-backs out into a fullback position, I don't think he'd shy away from doing that. Um, obviously, Jan Vertonghen is able to play at left back. We know Eric Dyer can play at right back, so can Juan Foyth. Um, possibly Davinson Sanchez, although he's looked pretty shaky there whenever I've seen him play at right back. But I wouldn't be surprised to see a starting eleven that reflected that kind of pattern. In terms of the fullbacks. Under Mourinho, I think currently Ben Davies is probably the safest bet to play. Certainly a better defender and more reliable at the moment than Danny Rose. The right backs, I could easily see not featuring very much. And Serge Aurier becoming a a cup player and, as I said, one of the centre-backs filling in out wide. Up top, I don't see much is going to change. Um... I would imagine initially he's going to go for a 4-2-3-1 formation. Um, So Harry Kane will naturally start up front and he tends to prefer pacey players in those wider positions, which would likely see Hungmin Son and Lucas Moura in those wider positions. So Moura could be a real winner under Mourinho, who's not been able to nail down a regular starting place so far this season. That leaves one uh, what a gap in the number 10 role um, with a few options available. Deli Ali, Christian Eriksen and Lo Celso. Um, I think given that Lo Celso is a new player, it's pretty low risk. Won't really risk upsetting uh, too many people if he's left out for the time being. So I think 
Um, he'll be parked for now. And really, it's between Deli Alley and Christian Eriksen. And I think that choice at the moment is a no-brainer. Um, I think Mourinho likes Deli Alley and will give him a chance at nailing down that spot. What that means for Christian Eriksen over the next few weeks, I'm not sure. I think out of all of the three players who I've mentioned with contract disputes, I think this would suit Eriksen the least. I can see Mourinho really putting an arm around um, Toby and Jan, but whether Christian Eriksen really fits into the way Mourinho wants to set up, I don't know. If he wants to play with a high press, then Eriksen will certainly do all of the running, um, or he certainly would used to when he was interested. Um, but if he's playing more of a low block or you know parking the bus like he often did at uh, Manchester United, then having someone like Eriksen's maybe not a luxury he'll he'll afford us. Lots of people have. Um, it's probably a good good place to mention that lots of people have have uh, been commenting that oh it just means that he's going to come in and we're going to park the bus all season. It's going to be boring football, but that isn't Mourinho's football. Mourinho's brand of football is just complete pragmatism with regards to the resources he has and the opponents that he's playing. And recent memory for Mourinho is of his time at Manchester United with, as I said earlier, a poor squad. Not much in the way of individual defensive talents apart from David De Gea in goal. Likes a good old-fashioned holding central defensive midfielder in front of a solid back four. Um, And with the resources he had there, parking the bus was essentially his way to get results. Um, And he did get results. But if we think back to his earlier stints um, with the other teams, you know, there's been lots of exciting football there with quick counter-attacking wing play, crossing it into a big target man in the middle, um, central midfielders getting into the box late. And with the squad that he's got available to him at Tottenham currently, with with everyone firing, there's no reason why that can't be the brand that he chooses to go with. But... Depending on the opponents, I think unlike Pochettino, Mourinho has a few more tactical tricks up his sleeve and knows how to frustrate teams, studies his opponents very well and that should hopefully see us start to pick up a few more results, um, especially away from home, which we just let completely get away from us over the past 12 months or so. Setting up in the usual way that we do and coming up against teams who were set out to defend and counter-attack against us um, and doing a good job at it. So the first game for Mourinho is away at West Ham on Saturday, which isn't the uh, isn't an ideal first game. It'll be a tough game uh, away at the London Stadium with the West Ham fans treating this as their, their biggest game of the season. The run-up to Christmas then sees us at home to Bournemouth, uh, away to Man United, which will be a really uh, interesting game personally for Mourinho. Then we have Burnley at home, away to Wolves, and then just before Christmas, another big personal battle for Mourinho as we host Chelsea. So I'll just run through the squad then and kind of um, just say a quick piece on what I think Mourinho's uh, arrival means for them. I'll start from the front and work backwards. So I think for Harry Kane, it doesn't really matter who's coming in. He's going to be the main man up front. Hungmin Sun's spot, I believe, is safe as well. 
Um, as I've already mentioned, I think Mora will um, be one of the winners for from Mourinho's arrival. I think he'll get a lot more game time. Lamella's out injured, but he could be somebody that uh, makes way. Christian Eriksen, again, I think he could be someone that Mourinho decides if he doesn't want to be there. He might look to move him on in January in order to fund some other moves. Uh, I think it's going to be a real win for Deli Ali. I think he needed fresh, fresh team uh, at the top for him to impress, get some new ideas from. I think Pochettino took him about as far as he could do, but just needs something new to motivate him. And Mourinho could just be the one to put his arm around him and get him firing again. Lokelso, as I said, will probably feature as much as he has done under Pochettino. Um, I don't think Mourinho will be relying on him too much initially while he's trying to get some some quick early results. I think the central midfield um, pairing, if it is a 4-2-3-1, is where the most upheaval could occur. Under Pochettino so far, Ndombele and Sissoko have been the mainstays there with Harry Winks getting a fair amount of game time too. Ndombele still looks like he lacks fitness, um, but has shown brief glimpses of his quality. And Sissoko, whilst has been tenacious and lively in the middle and is able to do a little bit of everything, um, is kind of a jack of all, master of none. Obviously, he's very poor uh, in the final third. His decision-making is poor and execution is terrible. And we know from... Uh, recent history of Mourinho that he likes uh, a big unit in that central defensive midfield position. He likes someone who's truly going to sit and someone who's going to roam a little bit more. So players such as Victor Wanyama uh, and Eric Dyer, who haven't really been utilised much so far this year. Wanyama was um, looking for a way out of the exit door, uh, according to some reports. Um, it hasn't really looked interested and pretty demotivated as well. So one of those could easily uh, come in. Um, I think a fully firing Victor Wanyama could be just what uh, Mourinho needs to get the squad going as he wants. Eric Dyers looked very poor recently and just not mobile enough to really play in the Premier League. So I'd be surprised if it's him. So Wanyama could be a winner there. And in the roaming spot, I think it's really up for grabs. Winks and Dombele, Sissoko, uh, any of those could uh, could feature. Um, that's probably the biggest question mark for me over who plays there. A big surprise would be if he tries to uh, recruit Ericsson into that central midfield role and try and give him a new lease of life there, but uh, I doubt it. And then for the defenders, I think potentially they could all be they could all be winners. Um, the main losers would be Serge Aria, Kyle Walker-Peters and Danny Rose at fullback because I could easily see them being replaced with uh, with centre-backs able to fill out wide. But you say, if you have any of these uh, players in your fantasy team or any of these are, you know, any of the centre-backs are available on the waiver wire, could be worth a punt to bring them in. You would have to expect that defensively Spurs will improve. And if you are able to grab hold of one of the four who are able to nail down a regular starting spot in that team, then it could be a real coup of points uh, for you. Juan Foyth is the one who I haven't really mentioned. Um, obviously, Pochettino is a big fan of his, one of the Argentinian uh, contingent, getting some game time for the national team, has come in similarly to how Eric Dyer came in with Bit of a multi-tool, build as a centre-back, can play at right-back. Doesn't really look like he's fully comfortable in any position just yet. 
um, and physically looks like he still needs to fill out a little bit. But he could be an interesting one that Mourinho is able to use in a position that we maybe haven't seen him before. And I've seen him picked up already in a few draft leagues in other formats. So I think that's that for um, for this episode. I think we'll have to wait and see. Definitely worth taking a gamble on some of those defensive players if you're able to get them in. Uh, and if you already have them, then maybe cancel those, those waivers out um, and hang on to them for a couple more weeks to see where the dust settles. For good or bad, Mourinho is definitely going to take Spurs on a journey. Still mixed emotions um, about his appointment. Wondering whether... Levy's made a, a Faustian pact and sold his soul to the devil at the crossroads. But if that's what it takes for Spurs to win a few trophies, then so be it. To dare is to do. Come on, you Spurs. <laughs> <laughs>